What's up guys, welcome back to Around the Arc, I'm Jamie. Now, first off, apologies for not for not uploading any new episodes in the past couple of weeks. I've been very, very busy, I've been moving these last couple of weeks, and I know I probably picked the absolute worst time possible to be moving as an NBA fan, as... I have missed so, so much. So much has happened. It's been the busy free agency period. And so what I was just going to do today is kind of a kind of a catch up episode. I was just gonna kind of go through the all the all the craziness that's happened uh, since kind of free agency started and just sort of give you give you my thoughts on it before we get back into sort of our regular regular schedule from from next week on all right so without any further ado let's just jump right into this so starting off this is actually before before free agency got underway the kind of the first domino to drop if you will was the anthony davis trade to the lakers now this obviously was a huge move that wasn't all that surprising i mean all season long it was you know it was the lakers as the front runners to get ad and then i think what was it teams like boston and the knicks were were sort of next in line but the lakers got him lebron got his man and just after that after that one move it sort of vaulted the lakers back into title contention and actually i think um I think Vegas, like the odds for the for the Lakers to win the championship next year went up so much they actually became the favorites at the time. So huge, huge move for the Lakers. But surprisingly, uh, it would be far from the only big move, big name signing, and actually would wouldn't even be the biggest move. But we'll we'll get into all that. So. Yeah, first domino to drop, Lakers get AD. And that was followed up. Clay Thompson decided to stay with the Warriors, signing a four-year, $190 million deal. Now, no no real surprise there. I mean, there were a couple of rumors here and there that, that Clay was going to maybe go to the Lakers. Uh, so even a couple saying he might choose the Clippers. And that the only way that either of those things could have happened would have been if Golden State hadn't offered him a full max contract, but they did, and he's staying, to, to no one's real surprise. Now, I, I know there'll be some that are thinking it's a, it's a little bit of a risky move to, to give Clay the full max, especially since he'll spend most of next year recovering from, from the ACL tear he suffered in the finals, but... I, along with along with lots of other people, I'm far from far from the only one. But I expect him to make a full recovery from this ACL injury, and I think when he does return, Golden State they'll be right back in the mix with the best teams in the West. They'll be right back into contention territory, and yeah, you know, I'll get into some of the other moves that the that the Warriors have made just in in a little bit here. Um, the next, the next big move, and sort of the first, the first big uh, free agent signing, where it involved a star going to another team, and that was 
when Kemba Walker signed with the Boston Celtics on a four-year, $141 million contract. Now, this this was a little bit surprising. I know there were some rumors that uh, the Celtics were looking to re- kind of essentially replace Kyrie with Kemba. Um, but yeah, th- this happened, and I actually think in Brad Stevens' system and with this team, I think uh, Walker's actually a better fit than Kyrie was. I mean, I would have thought if if they'd managed, if, if Boston had managed to keep Al Horford, uh, which they didn't, I, I would have thought that this would have been a kind of better version of the 2017 Celtics. Remember when uh, when Isaiah Thomas was, was kind of their leading man and he was playing like an MVP that year. Now, since they've lost Horford, I'll talk more about that in a bit. Um, they won't they won't be as good as that team, I don't think. But they'll still be they'll still be a better team. I think they'll still play better together than than they did at least at least last year when when Kyrie was sort of was sort of leading the show. Now, speaking of Kyrie, one of the Arguably, arguably the biggest move of free agency, or at least one of the top two or three moves in free agency, involved Kyrie signing with the Brooklyn Nets. And what made this move so big was it wasn't just Kyrie going to Brooklyn. It was KD as well, Kevin Durant. Now, this was just a huge move that basically immediately catapults Brooklyn into contention, especially especially once KD returns from the from the Achilles injury, which will probably be um so expect them to be at full strength the season after next. I don't expect them to be, you know, I don't expect KD to make a full recovery um within sort of this ne- this next season. But year after, look at Brooklyn, they they should be uh, you know, favourites arguably going into going into the year after next but for this season it's a big one for big one for Kyrie I think now he has he has another chance to kind of lead a team and hopefully hopefully he's learned from from the mistakes last year in in Boston and I mean I expect him to you know come back same player obviously as as he always is but hopefully this time he's a more kind of mature and and well-rounded leader you know and he's more kind of ready to to lead this lead this young Brooklyn team now other than other than just signing KD and Kyrie which is a huge win in and of itself Brooklyn has made a couple of other moves um they they also brought in DeAndre Jordan from the Knicks which is a really good pickup and they also got Tory and Prince from the Atlanta Hawks as well, which so they've got the the KD Kyrie Foundation. They're kind of the stars to build around, but this this team has so much depth as well now. They're just once they're back to full strength. I mean, they will they could legitimately have Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, and Jarrett Allen all coming off the bench. I mean, that is that is just ridiculous to think about and yeah they're they're certainly if if all goes well they're gonna be they're gonna be favorites or one of the one of the title favorites once once kd makes his return Mo- moving on another move that happened andrea gudala he's he's gone from golden state it's kind of the 
the end of an era there, the end of the Iggy era. Now, um, I know I saw some people when when he got traded. He got traded to Memphis, by the way. Um, I did I did see some people speculating that the Warriors might have traded him because of all the sort of hot takes and comments that that Iggy was making publicly. I remember he he was doing a few interviews. He had a Breakfast Club interview where he is. Uh, sort of revealing some things and but the warriors did come out and they denied that 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 was the reason that he was traded um but make of that what you will speculate if you want now apparently memphis they are now looking to trade iggy um but i mean um apparently they think there's a market for him i don't i don't know what the market would be or what teams would be interested maybe a team maybe a team like houston that that'd be that could be a good pickup for them or uh I don't know if the Lakers would be able to but um yeah that's certainly that's something to keep an eye on now the next sort of big move of free agency came in the form of a uh sign and trade where Jimmy Butler was dealt to dealt to the Miami Heat for Josh Richardson, I think it was a multi-team deal. It also involved Miami sending Hassan Whiteside to the Blazers, and a first-round pick ended up going to the Clippers as well. And then, as well as Jimmy Butler, the Heat they also received Myers Leonard from from the Blazers, which is you know a good a good pickup as well. But obviously, the main star of the show here is Jimmy Butler, who I think is a perfect fit with the this heat team for one and the organization as well i mean the the sort of culture they've got there i think uh butler is a perfect fit for them but i think for for miami to become one of the one of the top teams in the eastern conference i think they do need to make maybe one more move acquire acquire one more guy and that's that's certainly possible they're still i don't think they're done making moves they're still looking to they're still looking to uh, move things around a little bit, so again, some something to keep an eye on there. But um, yeah, so they so they sent Josh Richardson to to Philly in that deal, and as well as that, the Sixers they also signed Al Horford from the Celtics, which was a very unexpected signing. But those those two additions there, they make. They make the 76ers one of the one of the weirder teams, but also one of the scarier teams in the East and in, in the league, in the entire league. And just think of the think of the size that their lineups will have. Just think of their starting five for a second, where you've got Ben Simmons as your starting point guard, who's what, at least six ten, six eleven. Then Josh Richardson at the two, who's got decent size for the two. He can even play uh, the three. Uh, Tobias Harris, who re-signed with Philly on a on a full max contract, you got him starting at the three. Uh, then Horford and Embiid up front. Now that is one of the biggest, longest, just scariest starting fives that we have seen. And I mean, if if they can add a little bit more depth to their squad, if they can improve their bench a little bit. And man, they they might just be the team to beat in the East next year. Obviously, when you're thinking of uh, like Brooklyn, you know they're not going to have KD this year. This could be the Sixers' season, and they're really they're really going all in 
on like winning now and i think another another thing that's going to determine how good they are next year and if they can you know make it all the way to the finals and compete for a title i think one thing that's going to kind of determine that apart even more so than you know their bench unit and their depth i think it's going to be simmons development now in case you didn't know they re-signed simmons to a max deal um i think it was what five years 170 million or something like that and uh some people are questioning you know if he deserved that that contract this early on especially you know with his continued shooting struggles but i think if if he can come back next year with with just a, a little bit of a jump shot you know he doesn't need to be shooting threes if he can if he can develop a little bit of a mid-range game next year you know uh, if we can see some significant steps in his offensive game then I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have Philly picked as as my my team to make the finals from the from the Eastern Conference moving on to the Knicks who are Arguably the the biggest loser of of free agency, given that they had they had so much cap space, they were going all in on free agency this year. They had room to sign two max guys. They were looking at either like a, a Kyrie and KD pairing or a Kyrie and Jimmy Butler pairing. You know, you know a, a star pairing basically, and they ended up getting no one. Apart from they did sign Julius Randle. Um, now he's not he's not the big star that they were hoping for, but I, I mean I'm still I'm still pretty high on Randall, who's fresh off his best season to date, where he averaged twenty and ten, and I, I still think he has another level that he could reach, especially now in New York, where he's going to be even more of a focal point in the offense. I mean, you saw after the All Star break last year uh, in New Orleans, after they essentially benched AD and. Randall became even more of a of a focal point. His his numbers and all his numbers across the board basically went up, and you could see he was he could handle having a, an increased workload on the offensive end. So obviously he's not he's not of he's not of the same caliber as you know some of the top guys that New York were after, but still is better than nothing. And like I said, although. Knicks fans, they're they're mad that they didn't get, you know, the top any of the top free agents, and they didn't land Zion in the draft either. I think they they still have a really decent young core, you know, with guys like, um, well, as well as Julius Randle, who's a borderline all star. You've got guys like Dennis Smith Jr., who who I think can still turn into an all star point guard. Uh, you've got Kevin Knox, who showed flashes in his rookie season. R.J. Barrett, if he can live up to the hype, he can be he can be a really good player going forward. And Mitchell Robinson as well, which he turned out to be one of the one of the steals of last year's draft, and he really came on strong in the second half of last season. Um, so there is still hope. Next fans, there you've still got some decent pieces there, and. Yeah, with the, with the young guys, you've got you've got the makings of a of a you've got the you've got solid foundation for the future. And I'm not I'm not expecting anything really from the Knicks next year, which probably means they'll be in line to get another lottery pick next year. So that's you know another another asset that they can add to to this group. So all hope is not lost. But 
I do still agree that they are a terrible organization, and I think a lot of that has to do with with James Dolan, the owner, who uh, I think most Nick fans would agree with me. He needs to either step down, sell the team, or really just be forced out as soon as possible. And uh, while we're still on the subject in New York, I would just like to like to add that one of the basically what c- basically confirmed that they would that they would not get uh, Durant was when it came out that they didn't even offer him a max contract. Now, obviously, that would have been over injury concerns with his Achilles, but I think every other team in the league would would be would still be willing to offer Kevin Durant a max contract because if you if he get if he returns to to full strength you have arguably the best player in the league definitely a top three to five player in the league so I think it's a no brainer to offer him a max and since since that was really kind of the final nail in the coffin ensuring that the Knicks weren't going to get a legit superstar in this year's free agency I think that just sort of confirms that they're that they're just not the best organization but moving on to what certainly is one of the better organizations in the league and that is that is the warriors and this this was one of the really surprising moves of free agency when i um when i jumped on bleacher report to to get myself caught up with with all the free agency goings on um that this move was the one that really shocked me the most and that was D'Angelo Russell being traded from the Nets to the Warriors it was essentially a sign in trade i think where where um where Russell was essentially it was a sign in trade where where Russell was sent to the Warriors um essentially for for KD and uh and a first first round pick when I when I first saw this move, as well as being shocked, I was initially skeptical at, at how Russell would kind of fit in uh, with the Dubs. But after after thinking about it for a while, I think this was a great move by the Warriors. I know it was kind of out of desperation because uh, you know with Clay missing most of next year, they really don't have much offense outside of Steph Curry. But I think it was a great move, and I think Russell will fit really, really well next to Steph, who can now essentially move back to the to the shooting guard position. Who, if um, in case you've forgotten, that was his position coming out of college. He basically needed to learn how to play the point guard position once he came to the NBA. So I think putting putting Russell at the lead guard spot and having Curry play off the ball a bit more, I think that will. That'll do wonders on offense. Defensively, yeah, they'll probably struggle a little bit that backcourt, but I think they'll more than make up for it on the offensive end. And even if this Russell move doesn't work out for the Warriors, they'll still be able to trade him, whether it's, you know, during during next season before the deadline or after next season. Uh, they'll be able to get a pretty impressive haul for him in return, I think. But... My expectations are pretty high for this for this D'Angelo Golden State pairing. Now moving back to Boston, where where Ennis Cantor signed with them on a two-year, ten million dollar contract. Now this this was a really good signing for the Celtics, I think, getting getting Cantor for really cheap, essentially. 
Um, I mean, he won't be able to completely fill the void left by left by Al Horford, especially defensively. But when it, when he's utilized correctly, Cantor, he can really help a team win. And I think he proved that in in last year's playoff run with the Blazers. I mean, he was kind of a vital piece in in helping them make the conference finals last year. Next up, we had Willie Cauley-Stein signing with Golden State. Now, another another cheap signing and another really, really good move by the Warriors, proving that they're that they're not kind of folding. They're not they're not letting this next season be a wash. They're still they're still going all in. They're still going for it. And yeah, I think this this Cauley-Stein move was really good. I mean, he. He showed good development with the Kings over his first few seasons, and he's shown flashes at times of being a really good starting quality NBA center. And now that he's with a with a better organization, and he's playing with guys like D'Angelo Russell and Steph Curry and Draymond Green, I I expect him to have his best season to date. You know, catching all those lobs from those guys, the pick and rolls—they're going to be, they're just going to be. Insane. They're, they'll. I think he'll get a ton of easy baskets, and he won't be asked to do too much. So I think he'll be able to thrive in his role. And he's also, <clears throat> excuse me, he's also showing capability as a defender in the low post and as a rim protector. And especially, you know, that rim protection. That's something that Golden State really needs at the moment. So great signing there. Uh, getting getting Collie Stein from the Kings. Next up, we got another trade where uh, Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns, sent Josh Jackson and their rookie point guard DeAnthony Melton to to Memphis in exchange for Javon Carter and Kyle Korver. Now, I mean, I guess I guess this means Phoenix pretty much gave up on Josh Jackson after. I mean, he did have a disappointing second season last year, but. Um, I, I still think that he can bounce back and end up living up to living up to his potential as a kind of um, transition threat, do it all kind of Swiss Army knife, small forward, um, and you know maybe playing with a guy like Jam Morant, who who seems to be Memphis's point guard of the future, playing with a guy like that who's a supreme playmaker and passer, maybe that's exactly exactly what he needs, and now. You know, with this with this young foundation that Memphis are now building, it is looking like they're going to be more of a run and gun team, more of a fast paced offense, and I think that that fits Jackson's game perfectly. Definitely. Uh, another another move actually that that Memphis made. I mean, the Grizzlies they've been busy. They they traded for Dwight Howard, who they they traded with with Washington, and they sent C.J. Miles in return for him. Although. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect the Grizzlies to keep Howard. I expect him to be available uh for any team that's willing to pick him up. Now, I don't really know what the what the market would be for 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 Dwight, but I think I think he can still help a team granted if he's if he's in the right situation. Um I think maybe San Antonio would be the best fit if if it would be possible for them to make a move. I think just yeah, any any player like Dwight maybe a maybe a star an ex star player who's who's past their prime. I think San Antonio is always the the perfect home for for players to kind of 
rejuvenate themselves and and revitalize their career kind of but i'm not i've not heard any rumors of san antonio going after him i just think that for dwight himself that would be that would be the best move for him now 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 we get to what turned out to be the biggest and most shocking move of the entire off season of the entire free agency period and that was when Kawhi finally made his decision. So <clears throat> just in case you weren't following it, Kawhi, he was he was choosing between three teams, the the Raptors, the Lakers, and the Clippers. And as time went on, as we were continuously waiting for, for his decision to be made, it seemed like the Clippers were becoming a distant third and were definitely the least likely of the three teams to to land Kawhi but all that changed or Kawhi did end up picking the Clippers but it was because the Clippers managed to pull off a heck of a trade and landed Paul George from the Oklahoma City Thunder which I don't think anyone saw coming I mean I definitely didn't and I mean this this was essentially a power move that Kawhi pulled off. It was like a LeBron James level power move that he pulled off. Pulled off, and I think he he essentially changed his mind when the, when he asked the 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 Clippers to to trade for Paul George. I mean, apparently the two <clears throat> the two stars had discussed playing together, and then um, this resulted in Paul George going to going to Oklahoma City and basically asking them to trade him to the Clippers. And, you know, you may think, you know, what what are Oklahoma City doing? You know, as that can't be a good move for them. But they ended up getting a historic haul for Paul George. They got a historic return, which included uh, the Clippers' uh, rookie point guard from last season, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who has shown flashes of brilliance. As, a, as an NBA point guard. They also got Danilo Gallinari. And then five first-round picks. Yes, five. And two future pick swaps as well. Now, I know that's, that actually seems like quite a lot for just George on his own, but when you think about it, this was essentially a trade for both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard because I don't, I don't think Kawhi is signing with the Clippers if, if they don't pull off that that Paul George move. So taking all of that into consideration, I think it is more than more than worth the move. And now you can argue that the Clippers are not only better than the Lakers, but they're the favorites now to win it all next year. Because as well as having arguably the two the best the top two two A players in the league in, in George and Kawhi, you've now uh, you know, they re-signed Patrick Beverly. They've still got Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. Doc Rivers is still the coach, and they're still, you know, one of the one of the best organizations in the league as well. So they've definitely got a lot more stability there than, than the Lakers do, definitely. And they're definitely, arguably, the, the team to beat now. Now, you might be wondering, where does that leave Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City? So now it seems, after the after the Paul George trade, that the Thunder are kind of calling it quits with this initial area, era of, of Thunder basketball, and they're heading in, in the sort of rebuilding direction. 
and that doesn't really make sense to keep to keep Russ on the team. So and and apparently um apparently Westbrook has already began uh, speaking with the Thunder about possible trade scenarios. And it seems to be that we should expect him to be traded before the start of the season. At the at the moment, I don't really know where. I've I've seen rumors about the about the Miami Heat being interested, maybe the Rockets. Uh, I've even I've even seen uh, uh, one or two rumors that the Knicks might be interested in signing him. Now, obviously, that wouldn't be a wise move. I don't think for the for the Knicks, but definitely I think the the Miami Heat makes sense. The Rockets would make if they can if they the Rockets would make sense if they can find a way to to trade Chris Paul or involve Chris Paul in the deal, maybe. Um, but that that's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on because yeah, I don't I don't I don't see Westbrook returning to the Thunder now um, in what will essentially be a completely rebuilding season now yes that's something to keep an eye on as free agency moves forward and now with the with the final couple of moves that have happened uh to this point uh all involve the lakers so i think the the lakers that it was coming out they were they were pretty confident they were going to land Kawhi, and they were kind of going all in it was sort of an all or nothing betting on on Kawhi uh choosing the Lakers but they didn't and uh so the Lakers really came out um the losers in the in the Kawhi sweepstakes but with their remaining cap space they have made a few moves and now I th- I think they're still in a really good position for next year so the first the first move they made after after Kawhi made his decision they signed Danny Green from the Raptors they got him on a 2 year 30 million dollar contract which yeah it's a little expensive but I still I still think it's a great signing and Green he'll fit perfectly next to LeBron and AD I mean he's He's kind of the prototypical three and D wing, who are outside of you know established stars. They're probably the most valuable commodity in in today's NBA. So that was that was a really good pickup. And then <clears throat> they also signed uh, Demarcus Cousins, which was a little bit surprised. And they brought uh, Rondo back on a, on a two year deal. So two more risky signings, you could say, but they. They really did need a point guard, and in the right situation, as we all know, Rondo, he can still be really good. And I think it's worth noting that in recent years, um, Rondo has arguably had his best two individual seasons when he has been on the same team as DeMarcus Cousins. Now, um, in case you remember the the year, the one year that Rondo spent in Sacramento with Boogie on the team, where he averaged like twelve points and twelve assists and six rebounds for the season, you know, it was like a a vintage Boston Celtics Rondo season. And then, of course, you had um, two seasons ago in New Orleans, the year where where Boogie went down with his Achilles injury. Rondo had um, another brilliant season there where he helped lead them to to the conference semifinals in the in the western conference playoffs now now moving on to to cousins i think i think this move could go one of two ways either a year from now it will look like a genius signing or it'll just be a total misfire 
I mean, Cousins, he, he showed flashes of his former self with the with the Warriors last year, but injuries do still remain a real concern. That and his and his mobility, which uh, proved to be a major issue both on on defense and when it came to running the floor. I think we especially saw that in the in the finals last year. But I think if he's utilized correctly, which I think would possibly involve him coming off the bench, at least initially next year, then I think next year could be a terrific kind of bounce back here for Cousins, especially, you know, playing with LeBron. I think that's going to be really good for him. Playing for a contender and also the fact that the DeMarcus, he's going to be extra motivated this year, you know, after after a really disappointing free agency period for him where essentially no teams were, were looking to sign him. The market for him basically just completely dried up. So he's going to be motivated to have a bounce back year and kind of prove everyone wrong. And he, he's, he'll be looking to get paid next summer as well. So it was kind of a no-brainer move for the Lakers, I think, to sign him, especially after after striking out on on Kawhi. And now, when you look at the Lakers, I know, I know people, lots of people will will point at not landing Kawhi and say that, oh, that means the the this off season has been a failure for the Lakers. Um, I don't agree with that. I mean, they still got AD, so you've still got AD and LeBron, who are each top five players in the league. So that's automatically a championship core foundation. Got so you got some extra shooting to surround them with by bringing back uh, KCP. Didn't mention that he's coming back on a one-year deal. Signing Danny Green, the three, the three and D, three and D wing. Uh, bringing back Rondo, so they do have they do have a legit point guard. I was thinking for a while LeBron might have to be uh, the point guard of this team, kind of be Magic Johnson next year. Uh, but they brought back a point guard. Um, still got JaVale McGee there and bringing in DeMarcus Cousins as well. They have the pieces, I think, to still be uh, in contention for the title next year. And I think it's going to be it's going to be incredibly fun to watch the sort of battle of L.A. next year, if you want to put it that way, between the Clippers and the Lakers, because I think that they could arguably be the two top the top two teams in the in the West next year and you know it's going to be really really fun to watch how that unfolds so I'm hoping for hoping for a conference finals matchup between those two but anyway yeah those are all of the major free agency moves for you summed up I know I've kind I know I've kind of rushed through them um just just because uh you know, with with the break, me being away for for the last couple of weeks, you know, I just wanted to wanted to kind of go through go through everything. But we will be we will be back to normal from next week, I promise, and we'll get we'll get right back into the into the swing of things. Yeah, so so be sure let let me know um what's what sort of topics you want me to want me to cover. In, in future episodes now that we're in the off season, you know, I um I've been thinking about diving into more kind of historical topics and, and kinda of doing some doing some different things. So be sure to, to give me your thoughts and opinions on that. Give me some ideas if you if you have any. Um 
as always, you can you can find me on Twitter at Around the Arc Pod, or you can also uh, check out SirCharlesInCharge.com, which is where you can find uh, articles posted daily about everything everything going on in the NBA, and you'll also be able to find all the all the podcast episodes on there as well. Well, apart from that, guys. Hope you've enjoyed today's episode. It's been great to be back, and I will catch you again next week where we'll talk about more NBA stuff. All right. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.